When someone begins to question their faith, the last thing church leaders want to do is say the wrong thing or handle it in a way that will further push them away. With so many historical concerns or doctrinal questions, what is a leader supposed to do? I'm happy to report that Leading Saints is here to help with the Questioning Saints Library. This is a full library of 20 plus presentations related to how to minister to an individual who is questioning their faith. We cover topics like how to answer tough questions, maintaining relationships when someone leaves the church, and how to embrace doctrinal ambiguity. If you want to review all the sessions from the Questioning Saints Library at no cost for 14 days, simply go to leadingsaints.org 14. That's leadingsaints.org 14. While you're at it, we'll give you access to all of our virtual libraries that cover several leadership-related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org 14. Today, I'm connecting with Jason Noel from Gilbert, Arizona. How are you, Jason? I'm doing good. Glad to be with you, Kurt. Yeah, this is awesome. We've It's been a few years since we initially connected, and you've always, you know, maybe I'll get a reply from you every once in a while for my newsletters or, or whatnot. And so how long has it been since you've been connected with Leading Saints? It's been probably three years. I Somebody had, you know, sent me a podcast, and I was like, oh, I like that podcast. And, and so... I, I like to study a lot, read a lot, and I wasn't into podcasts. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was like, ah, it's too hard for me to get into. But honestly, I'll share it. It sounds kind of weird, but I actually started listening to the Leading Saints podcast, and then I got more hooked into podcasts in general. Oh, and nice. so I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. I actually kind of like a little bit of the education that's coming along here, and some of the points are good. And so um, not every podcast is a home run for me, but but I'll, for me, it's it's does it, you know, what am I learning? What am I being taught? And does it help me grow? Yeah. Nice. So we are the gateway drug into podcasting. Gateway, gateway <laughs> drug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And you have a little bit, you know, with your day job, you have a cool day job, which uh, has led you to your own platform online. Maybe just give us a summary of what you do. Yeah. So we have a kind of a classic truck restoration, hot rod shop, if you will, in Gilbert, Arizona. We uh, restore old Chevy Ford pickup trucks. Um, we've been doing it for, uh, I just started it about 10 years ago. I didn't even know how to change a set of brakes on a car. You know, I was oh, just wow, like, really? this, I'm not a mechanic, you know, I'm not, but I like design. I like to create things And it. Uh, when the economy crashed and I was kind of looking for something else to do, I kind of looked at this probably a little too long. I probably should have maybe gone a different direction because it's way harder than I thought. But so we got into, you know, social media, YouTube videos and different things just to kind of help brand us and help share. I, I've learned that sharing what we know and our experiences actually help people connect with us. So there's everything that I do here, there's always a spiritual aspect to everything. And oh, nice. I try to always link that. But but as we share what we do and how to do it, people will begin to follow us and are interested. Yeah. And you don't just restore some drugs, like you'll, you'll soup them up too, right? Yeah, we'll soup them up. They'll spend anywhere. I mean, they'll spend up to half a million dollars on a pickup truck. So, Wow. wow that's <laughs> such cool. And I love perusing on your, uh, your Instagram and, and stuff, just seeing the, the remarkable machines you put together. It's cool. Yeah, it's fun. So, and so what, where's the cross-section with uh, your church leadership? You're currently on the high council. Is that right? I currently serve on the high council. It's 
been a little bit of a run in leadership and hopefully it ends soon. Just no, for the sake we need of, you, Jason. Yeah. But <laughs> I love it. I love to serve. I love to serve with people though. And so it's fun. I was Elder Corn president, then on the bishopric for a few years and then on the high council. So, but it's great. Like I learn a lot from everybody and I feel like I'm always the student. Every time I go into these meetings, I just feel like, man, I just learned so much from so many people. You know, it's, it's just, it's just a fun be a part of it though. Yeah. So maybe you can help remind me how we landed on this discussion. We went back and forth about like approach you do, or you've seen done with uh, word councils and whatnot, all related to love, share, invite, which is typically we hear in the context of missionary work. And, and so what's the story behind all this or this approach and method? And then we'll get into it. Yeah, you bet. So honestly, you know, when uh, my stewardship is over uh, missionary work on the high council and and I've had some success. I've had a friend's wife get baptized. Um, I've had a, a good friend at work who joined the church. Uh, and so those were like lessons I had learned. I thought I, I should probably practice what I'm preaching. So I should probably go see how, how this works and put effort into it. So I, I had some experience with it. But as much as the state president was really wanting to like put emphasis in the state, really get the state to really grasp it, it felt broken. Honestly, I was just like, I don't know, like we're trying, like throwing things at the wall, see if it'll stick. And it always just kind of was like, oh, here we go. Another missionary thing. And and I felt like I don't want to do that. So what works? And and it occurred to me one day in a meeting we had with the state presidency. And then we were meeting with the our mission president locally here and discussing it. And I left that meeting and I had like an aha moment where it just kind of came in. I was like, we really are broken. The keys are not aligned. And, and and I started to realize, I don't think this is just our state problem. I think it's a really just a much larger problem is that by the time the quorum of the 12, a few members there, get it down to the area 70s, and then President Nash, and then, you know, they're aligned, but, and they're reporting back and forth. But by the time the state president disseminates that out, it's really watered down and it's has a it struggles to get any traction sometimes, especially in missionary work. And so I realized that as we were discussing Love, Share, Invite, that we had looked at it incorrectly. And so where did this all begin where you thought, you know, where do you begin to approach this differently? Well, in one of our state training meetings, I asked everyone, what percentage of your ward do you think understands what love share invite is and we got down to about like you know this was like january we got down to like 40 percent felt like the ward might know what love share invite is and all of them concluded it's just a missionary tool right and of course everyone knows that it's not a new program you know it's just something that's you know we're just learning to do it the way the savior did it right but it still was missionary tool program like it, it just even though you couched it differently, it just still came across that way. And so honestly, we, as I was thinking about it and just, you know, we learned the ports of ward council. And I realized that if the ward councils are not aligned with the, with the stake and what the ward councils are doing in the ward councils, there is no missionary work happening because we learned that in our area, uh, which is the North American Southwest area, that Majority of the baptisms, 17% of them come from referrals from ward council. That's the highest number that they have. 
social media was like 0.5%. So right? let me clarify. So these are referrals from members on that sit on a ward council. Yes. Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's that not was, that somebody in the elders quorum told the elders quorum president of a referral and he cool. gave it. These are like somebody personal in their life. Yes. Which tells you that if a functioning ward council is doing their job correctly, that most of the referrals will come from the ward council because they're counseling or counseling, right? We're not. That's open, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, the other side, right? And so, um, and so we determined how do we use love, share, invite in a ward council? And so that's what I was went to work on is understanding. And, that and just love, let me. Let me make sure I don't want to assume anything with those that may be listening that what <laughs> you mentioned, like maybe 40% know what love, share, invite is. Maybe there's people listening to this, like, what is he even talking about? What is love, share, and invite? <laughs> so love, share, invite is basically, we call it LSI in our state, just, you know, but love, share, invite is basically a missionary tool that we use to love our neighbors, share with them who we are, and invite them to something. Right. So that's the goal. And the invitation can be almost anything. It could be, hey, we're having a baptism. Hey, we're having dinner. Like, hey, do you want to go to lunch? Like, but the goal is to love people, share with them who you are, and hopefully you allow them to share who they are with you and then invite them to be part of the community. And is this something that was developed in the Giller, Arizona area, or is this a church-wide thing or this is a church-wide thing this is from like elder uchtdorf okay <laughs> so right. again i'm assuming the, nothing jason so yes assume nothing so this is something that um has you know been shared elder nash even talked about it in the 2021 october conference so it's out if you listen to, okay. if you listen to general conference uh, even uh, i think it was uh, elder anderson even talked about it this last this past one so awesome all right so back to the the timeline here so a shift to, to ward councils. So basically, we got to ward councils. And what I did is I actually found uh, the bishop in one of the, the ward that I was over. He was a new bishop. And I just said, hey, I've got an idea. And I'm going to beta test it on your ward. And I hope that's okay. And uh, oh, and then I talked to one of the counselors in the stake presidency, who was a friend of mine. I said, hey, I'm going to do this. And he says, go for it, see what happens. So I didn't want to just like push on the whole stake. If So the idea was to basically help the ward council kind of restructure themselves a little bit. And that is first, how do we focus on people, right? Which is always very difficult in any ward council is focusing on people because we've got the trunk retreats, we've got, you know, all these activities that seem very, very important in which they actually are important if they're used for the right purposes. But we don't need to spend majority of the time discussing calendaring items, right? And so the purpose of a ward council is to bring people unto Christ, you know, and help people come unto Christ and in so many different ways. And if you don't ever talk about people, how can you ever do that? And so the goal was to say, what can we do without? So we, we try to teach those in our stake, we don't need spiritual thoughts unless it's super necessary. We can do without that because that'll turn into a 20-minute conversation very easily. Maybe we don't really always need handbook training. Maybe we can skip that and we can try to keep our meetings compact and precise on people. And so the idea was to train this ward council in this ward that I was over on how to do this. And so I taught the, the bishopric meeting, went to the ward council. I taught the elders corn president, all, you know, 
preparatory for this and that we use love, share, invite with every individual. We do not decouple love, share, invite. It is one thing. Mm-hmm. Just like you don't take the sacrament, you don't take just the bread, right? It's together. And so the reason why is because I always hear people say, we just need to love them. That's it. We just need to love them. I'm like, well, yeah, but what about the sharing and, and the invitations? And well, I think that's going to be a lot for them. I think we just need to love them. So when we really started to analyze it and discuss, you know, and I started to think about it, I thought, actually, if you really do think of Christ, how many invitations did he extend? Like if we know that he loved and shared who he was, but you do hear invitations of come follow me, you know, go and sin no more. Like he's always inviting people and extending invitations in these teaching moments. And so you don't always feel like it's invitation because it's always done with love and he's sharing something, you know, very important. And so we wanted to make sure that if we talk about someone in ward council, they could be a non-member that just moved in. They could be someone that's less active. They could be someone that's active. But the purpose was is to use love, share and invite. How do we love them? What can they share with us or what can we share with them? And what natural invitation can be extended this week to help them? Yeah. And then who would be that person that could do that? And so the goal is for the ward council to come up with the things that need to be happening. Then that goes to the president's presidency meetings, ward mission leader, ward missionaries, elders corn presidents, maybe even the youth presidencies. And then they help fulfill those things that need to get done. They'll have their own love, share, invite councils and to do the same thing. And then hopefully it's gone out and reported back to the ward council. Yeah. So that's the idea behind it. It's obviously can, you know, be whatever it is, but, but, but that's the initial yeah. concept. So, and I appreciate that because I think our default position, whether we intend it or not, is sometimes love and fix in, in ward council, right? Like this, mm-hmm. this family's having this problem. Yeah, let's love him. Let's visit him. And how are we going to fix this? Like he needs a job. So we got to get him a job, right? Let's just fix this problem, which, you know, at, along the path, there may be some resources and things to to rely upon to do that. But I love this idea that framing it in the, the love, share and invite, because when it's, I think a lot more ideas come to mind as far as how we can actually serve this this family and help them. But also there's sort of this invitation of them participating in this, right? Like they're not just a project where we're going to invite you to do this and maybe you'll reject that invite, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. that framework gives it a little more of a, you know, puts the the accountability where maybe it needs to be like, let's just invite them, not, let, not, not tell them how to fix their problem. Right. Well, and the goal is for us just to be the instruments and let the spirit direct, right? That yeah. is the goal of the board council. And so really the first question when you open it up is not like, Okay, how's the Relief Society doing? How about the Elders Quorum? Anything from the young women, right? Like, mm. I mean, that's like the probably 90% of the ward councils. You give everyone five minutes. They come in with a pre-planned, oh, I got I got to have something to talk about. So I'll talk about, you know, this activity we did. And then I'll talk about, you know, uh, someone who's sick this week, right? And maybe we can take a mills. All good things, right? But it's kind of that good, better, best. Like, well, what can we do that's best? And so if you reframe the questions instead of just going around you say all right who has been on your mind this week what names 
is a spirit bringing to your mind and let the spirit do its job and then just wait. And I've said in ward councils where people have had the same name, where they both said, I was thinking of the same thing. And then they then they start talking about a family they haven't talked about in years. And then they come up with, all right, well, what invitation can we extend? Okay, maybe we can see if somebody will go out to lunch with him and just see how he's doing. Who would be the natural person to invite him out to lunch? And so you now have something. That name now goes on the list. And hopefully the executive secretary is just or clerk is just typing as fast as they can, you know, to keep track of all the stuff so that we can record what our plans were. But the reality is, is then you have you're going to go share something and you're going to invite them. But the ward council had some action plans. Now, this isn't necessarily the ward council goes and does all the work. The ward council is coming up with all the ideas. Then let all the other, you know, elders, quorums, young men, young women, Relief Society, Sunday School, private, let them go do the action. So if you think of it like a gear, the ward council is this big gear, right? And its teeth are just interlocking with all the other auxiliaries and classes and quorums. And that as it's spinning, it's connecting with all the other gears and then they're spinning and it's creating the momentum where the output is really humming because of the way the gears are designed to interlink together. And so we use this little, uh, you can see uh, this little gear thing just to kind of explain that right there, that the ward council is there to start. It's the momentum. It's the inertia that gets things going. If you have just people, too many people doing all their own little things, which are good, but if you're not aligned, the keys aren't aligned, they're just small fires. Nothing really gets large and burns bright. Yeah. So I want to back up and just highlight something that you, you touched on briefly is like with this approach, you may have to really free up some time in ward council because it sometimes can feel like by the time you get done with the spiritual thought and maybe, well, I just want to do the round robin thing real quick. You know, I just want to see mm -hmm. if there's anything, you know, so you do that, but then there's 10 minutes left or, or suddenly you have to have a two hour meeting and everybody's exhausted. Right. So you really have to, as the, I think there's a filmmaker term, like you have to kill your darlings. Right. But, oh, you just love that spiritual thought but right. and that sets the tone. Well, maybe right. there's a different way to go about that. We need to get that out of the way and free up the agenda so we can really dig into these this gear system that's making the difference right you do and it's it's actually harder than you might think because old habits die hard sometimes especially in the church right it can yeah. be extra hard because we just cling on to those things that we just are so cultural you know it's just like we talk about in our stake you'll see bishop ricks conduct sacrament meeting they'll say things like and we like to thank the reverend manner in which the ironic priesthood blessed and passed the sacrament right and you can hear that. I'm like, I don't see that anywhere in the handbook that it says we actually have to say that. Right. But for some reason, we do. And it's and you can't hardly stop that. You can. What if they're not reverent? Right. Like, then what do you say? And and the reality is, is, is you get in a word council and it, some things become so rote that you just you stop counseling. Right. Mm -hmm. You come into it and you've got your, you know, elders quorum president hat on. And the reality is. You should just have your that hat on, but also just a member of that ward and who anyone. It doesn't have to be an elder's quorum like who is coming to your mind. And as a council that is the leadership in the church, you're there to discuss people. And I've seen people talk about we have a non-member that just moved in 
and he's sick. I wonder if we can go extend some meals to him, right? And so as this ward that I was over, that I'm still over, as they've adopted this, the Relief Society's adopted it, you know, the Elders Quorum has adopted it, and everything is changing for, for their ward. Like they had a baptism within like six to eight weeks, and they found that person in that time frame. But they're now focused on the people. They're focused on who needs help. Now, occasionally it's tough. Like, hey, don't forget the invitations. Don't forget the invitations. You know, that, that gets hard because we, we just start, you know, we, we chatter and talk. But it really comes down to success is in the invitation, right? Clayton Christensen would always say that success is in the, in the invitation. So this allows us to just be normal, natural, who we are, love, share, and invite these people. So in, in the context of the ward council meeting, you mentioned, you know, sort of taking this moment of just creating this space of saying, you know, who's been on your mind, you know, maybe jot down some names, you know, what, what names come to your mind right now. And then once you do that, you may find similar names mentioned or whatever it is. But then at that point, you kind of go through this system of how can we love them? What can we share with them? And how what can we invite them to? Is that the, the idea? Yeah, that's the idea is, is how do you get to an invitation? and the interesting part is, though, that because everyone has like a different relationship and dynamic in ward council, that there's actually a lot to offer insights and information that you may not have known about had you not brought them up and extended those invitations. And so as you take and apply those same principles in the presidency meetings, there'll be additional information. The goal is to gather information. If it's just one person's job to, you know, decide what we're going to do, then you don't have enough information. But when you counsel and look to invite and invite, it could be someone that's just not coming to church anymore, right? Well, inviting them to come to church might not be your first invitation. That might be the wrong invitation. Maybe it's, we should just go, who's close to them? Who could extend an invitation to go out to dinner and just see how they're doing? Like, what's the easy invitation? It doesn't have to be church. Do you want to get baptized? I mean, there's so many more invitations that need to occur. And maybe it's, hey, we're having an, an activity and we know that you're into, you know, X, Y, Z. We would love for you to come share your talents with us and teach us or young men or young women about that. And that's the invitation, you know, that need to be needed. Right. And so yeah. as we have really in our state taken a look at this, we have determined almost everything that we're doing in our stake comes back to love, share, and bike. Yeah. Everything that if you really just start diving into what love, share, and bike is, is strictly just teaching and loving and sharing exactly the way Christ did it. And yeah. that's how we, we should be applying that to everything. So in our stake, we say it's not a missionary tool. It's the way we live. It's the way we serve. And it's the way we invite people to come into Christ and gather Israel. This is what we're doing. It's n not a missionary tool. And so yeah, it, and love that. it's making a difference. And now, ob obviously, it takes time. You know, in our stake, we got yeah. nine wards and not all ward councils and bishops will see it the same immediately. But it's making a progress quickly. I would say, you know, compared to January to now, I'm ecstatic with where we're headed. I feel like in a couple of years, we'll, we'll have this down. That's cool. Good yeah. yeah. No, I love that, that we compartmentalize so many things we do in the church, like, oh, this is a missionary thing, but, mm -hmm. you know, bringing people to Christ, that's not like, 
you can't put that in one auxiliary organization. It's like, that's just what we do is bring people to Christ. And this is the model in which we do that, whether it's with active members or, or non-members, it, it's still the same. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I was thinking about, imagine being a ward mission leader and you get called, right? And then, all right, okay, go do the missionary work. And you're like, what do I do? Right? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, and so you reach out you, and you got, there's hardly any support or help other than just, you got the call, right? Like, unlucky you, right? But as you're counseling together, you actually can be directed by the ward council on what it is you're doing. Like, hey, we've got these 15 people. We have no idea who they are. We would like to invite the ward missionaries and the ward mission leader to go find out who they are, where they are, and report back this next week. Great. We just created an action item. That's what they're going to do. The invitation is find out who they are, where they are, right? So then it's not like you're just, you have to come up with the ward mission plan on your own and enforce the ward mission plan on your own. That's not how it works. It's the ward council supports it. And when the ward mission plan is strictly just the ward council and love, share, invite, and that's what everybody's using, it actually becomes much easier for you to be a ward mission leader. Yeah. Oh man, that's so true. So I want to get in the nitty gritty of this a little bit that you know, we use these terms like love, for example, oh, we got to love them. And a lot of people say that on, on this podcast of, you know, oh, you got to love those you serve or love those you lead. And, and I always think, well, so are you hugging them? Are you like cooking them dinner? Like, what does it mean uh-huh. to love? Right. We sort of just throw it out there. Like it's a standalone uh-huh. answer. And so maybe just give us an example of if we were sitting in, in one of these uh, word councils and a name came up, like what are mm-hmm. some, just maybe rattle off some examples of what love looks like in this context. And well, I think love is compassion and it really is like just, you know, uh, understanding and it's really having like a concern and a worry and what must they be feeling? And like, to me, that is love. I don't have to like, you don't have to like love them, hug them, have, you know, weird feelings for them. It's that's, it's just, if they need help, do you care? Like that's love is you care enough to care even. So with love, it's just, I think it really comes down to when you listen to the spirit in your ward councils and your in your presidency meetings, I think for the most part, most people in leadership actually do care and they do yeah. want to help. They just don't know how and or they're unclear what they should do. And I often feel like we think that that is our responsibility, that we need to know how to do that. And I think that is kind of mistaken that this is his work and his glory and his church and that we are the instruments that he needs for us to, you know, go and do stuff. I was visiting with uh, someone the other day and we were out to lunch and I said, how do you know Heavenly Father loves you? And he's like, it's just a feeling I have. I just know he loves me. And how do you think he helps you and blesses you? He's like, through other people. I said, yeah, that's it other people. And so when we look to love and bless the lives of others and be that steward, it is always through other people. I mean, it's it's not Heavenly Father coming down and saying, hey, Jason, in a cloud and telling me what to do and typing it on my keyboard for me, right? It's more subtle. It's quiet. It's still, and it's coincidence that somebody showed up and it was there. So when I think of love to answer that question, I think it's just that feeling that you have that you're willing to listen to the spirit when that name comes up and you're willing to want to then take the next step, the action steps. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, at, at a minimum, it's almost the shift in mindset of that meeting of let's just get into a posture of of loving this person because they're a child of God and we've mm-hmm. we've all met them or you know we they're easy to love and and here we go right. So, what about the the share component? I mean, is, then does it shift to uh, you know okay, what are we going to share with this individual? Mm-hmm. Maybe everything from a potential convert to an active member, like what, what would that mm-hmm. share step look like in a word council meeting? So share usually will be some, something that they have that they can contribute or you have, you can contribute, or it might be, this is where activities are born right here. And so this is where activities are created because you're thinking of someone individually or a family or something. And so you're individually prioritizing these events, these activities, and they should be fun, right? They should have be fun activities that you want to go to, but tailored as a way to invite not just someone from your ward, but from your community. And in our stake, we're trying to say there's no such thing as a ward activity anymore. We only have community activities. We should be inviting our neighbors, everything. If you live in an HOA, get them on board. Like don't isolate yourself any more than you already are with the way we've been doing it in the past, but we have to think of community. And so, so everything we're doing, um, a lot of the wards are creating activities that they invite everyone to, mm-hmm. and they'll have like the same non-members show up, you know, and to where some of the kids will start coming to church, you know, with their friends. And so, but we only do community activities. So when we think of the share, it's, is there an activity we want to create? So this might be a, a quick, tiny discussion on an activity, right? And then you'll plan that outside of ward council, right? The people that are in charge of that, they'll discuss in the presidency meetings or hopefully mostly just emails and they'll get that planned out. But then really from there, you just, what can we share? Who can we share? Is there an activity? So that, that's the share component. Yeah. of, And that really comes down to what we know about that person, right? Oftentimes you have greater success if you find out what they can share with you than what you can share with them. And if you can invite them into your life and share with them what they have, that's actually going to feel better for them uh, to feel just that connection, that need. And um, I can share with them tons of stuff, you know, and and they might not feel as genuine as like, hey, come talk to me about this. I'm interested in in you mm-hmm. and what you have and what you can offer. And then they feel empowered and, and they feel that connection. So you always have to look at both sides, you know, um, and you got to l- listen to the spirit again the spirit will direct. Yeah. So that share could be something as simple as a, as a text, or it could lead to the organization of the community event that then will naturally lead into an invite. Yeah. I liked, I liked what you said. Um, as simple as a text. I think that is very well stated. They don't need to be big things. They yeah. could be uh, just a, I want to just, I was thinking of you, how are you doing and share a text with them. But yeah, I, I think we overemphasize, you know, what, our heavenly father would want us to do. He just wants us to connect and reach out to people. Yeah. Now I think, you know, with this concept of invite, we have a long tradition of these bold, like invite stories. Right. And we, we, that's why we default when we think of missionary work, it it means you take a book of Mormon and you awkwardly walk over to your neighbor's house, your hands Mm -hmm. are shaking and you're going to knock on their door and invite them to read the book of Mormon. Right. And like, who wants to do that? Like I'm, I'm out. Right? I love the Book of Mormon, but I'm out. Like, unless I'm in a white shirt and tie with a name badge on, not going to happen. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that the, the invite portion you, you alluded to earlier, like, 
I assume it does not have to be a bold invitation or even a spiritual related invitation. No, it it doesn't. And the reality is, is it probably shouldn't always be a spiritual invitation if you're going to have any success and connect with anyone and, and that might be struggling or just need love. Right. And a lot of times invitations are very simple, very just, hey, can I come over and just visit with you? That's an invitation. Right. And if they say yes, then you invited yourself over and you can go visit. So I think that's kind of where the, you know, the spirit kind of has to direct you in what you need to be doing. And and so hopefully, you know, as you listen to that and you're contemplating in the work council, you're counseling, hopefully you're coming up with ways to go extend an invite. And I've I've gone out to lunch with people. I've just gone over to their house to say hi. I've invited them over to dinner. Just, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? Do you want to go to a movie? Like, just, do you want to go running? I'm going to go running tomorrow, right? Do you want to go running with me? And so, yeah, that's an invitation. And guess what? And the before you run and after you run are, are great moments. And hey, do you want to come to, we're having some neighborhood guys get together. We're going to take our boys and we're going to go camping. Would you like to bring your your kid with us, right? I never once said fathers and sons. I never once said it was a, you know, a church activity or anything like that. And I just said, hey, we're just getting together as neighbors. We're going camping. And it's a great time to just connect with your kid. And he's like, yeah, that works out. And he comes up with us and he has a great time. And he learns about the ironic priesthood while he's there, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he said, thanks for inviting me. This was really good. It was great for me and my boy to go, come up and bond, right? That's what it was about. And so, but because we had connected in so many other ways and in so many other invitations that sometimes I can extend those bold invitations and doesn't change anything between us. Yeah, man, that's powerful. Mine also went to, like you said, that this is not a missionary program or it's not even a ward council program. It's just a way of life in our, our faith community. And there's so many Relief Society presidents, Elder Scorn presidents who struggle with this concept of ministering interviews. Like, and I'm, I'm doing, I know I'm supposed to be doing these interviews. I don't know what to say. It's generally awkward, right? I mean, the typical one you sit down like, so how are the Joneses doing? Oh, they're fine. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we're done here. Like, like sometimes it's just awkward. You know, you don't like, I think we're supposed to meet longer than, than 45 seconds, but oh, well, you know, but to use this of saying, using this framework of, you know, love sharing by like, tell me what you love about the Johnsons, right? Mm -hmm. What could you share with them in this next month mm -hmm. or whatnot? And is there an invitation that you could give them? Right. And, you know, there's no wrong answer and you're helping them think through this model. And then they leave mm -hmm. like, well, I feel more empowered. Like I've got some ideas, like I know what to do now rather than this, you know, passive aggressive guilt trip of like, well, right. uh, shouldn't you be doing more, or, you know? Yeah. Well, if you go back into the uh, original videos we used to watch when uh, they talked about ministering interviews, right. Yeah. And the one brother asked the one, could you just pray for them? Right. Yeah. And that was an invitation, right. He taught them through an invitation, how to love that family and how to share himself with them. And he, it started with invitations. People don't change unless an invitation is extended. That's just the, I mean, I change because my wife extends me invitations all the time to change. And so, and I'm willing to listen and it makes for a better marriage, right? But the reality is, is we don't change, even if it's spirit led invitation or not changing unless we've been prompted to, or there's an invitation because maybe we're at the bottom of, the barrel life has just really got us down and somebody invites you to something, to a movie or 
invite you to, you know, whatever it is, invitations are what cause change in people's life, right? Go and sin no more is an invitation to change your life. And so if we really, truly go through and, and read the scriptures, it's littered with invitations. Like I, I just, as I read it now, I'm always looking, where's the invitation? And they're there. They always exist. Yeah. And I love just the, you know, this framework again, like that invitation is not as effective unless it's preceded by love and sharing, right? Like right. that. And yeah. when you get the invitation, you're not just walking over to a random person, like they don't even know you and you're inviting right. them to be baptized or something like that's just not going right. to work. Right. Listen, I raised my hand in Elder's Quorum. I'd hand this book and warm it out and I did my job. Right. And then you go report back and you're like, worst, you know, it's just, it's, you didn't, preface it with love and share and you just did this awkward invite yeah for sure yeah yeah Definitely. that's awesome well jason anything any other point or concept that we need to make sure we cover before we wrap up or does that well i think most importantly just remember that this is a ward council so it includes the entire ward that you can use to help facilitate a lot of these invitations it doesn't have to be just the ward council or just the presidencies like this is a ward council. And so you're using the entire ward, get everybody involved. Maybe they don't have a calling or something, but they can be useful with, with the particular individual. And then the other thing I would say is um, try to create some accountability, right? Report back. Um, I think that's how this will sink into your ward councils and become effective long-term is create some form of accountability. And that is just by writing it down what the invites were and follow back up and how did they go? And if they didn't go that week, that's okay. You got next week, right? But, but the reality is, is you were prompted with a name by the spirit and then you thought of something and maybe the invitation changes, but hopefully it was spirit led, spirit directed, and you cannot go wrong when you're serving that way. Yeah. Love it. Man, Jason, I'm so glad that we, that you reached out with this idea and concept that we organized this to meet because I think it's going to, just help people, you know, give have a good starting point, a framework to approach this this work through, and you know, bless a lot of lives. So, the last question I have for you, Jason, as you reflect on your time in leadership and high council, whatever the various leadership roles that you have had, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Well, it's helped me to be humble. It's helped me to realize that we're all in this together, and that it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you're doing, that we actually really need each other. Life is hard. Life is difficult. It's extremely humbling to be able to, uh, as a leader, to go witness some of that and see that. And at the same time, realize that they're not the only ones and that we all struggle. And so learning how to love, share, and invite, I'll go back to it, people, has taught me really how to be more like Christ and to love like Him, to share like Him, and to invite like Him. It's helped me to be more willing to ask questions and put myself in situations where someone's struggling and I can be there for them and I can help them. And so it doesn't matter who it is or what the situation is. I've learned that um, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and my first role is to help those hands that hang down and I want to be there for them. And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email, on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense, and share it with somebody who could relate 
to this this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And uh, that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, uh, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this individual an email letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them and uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. Remember to access the Questioning Saints library for 14 days. Visit leadingsaints.org slash 14. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness, the loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.